myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. All-Star Weekend, All-Star Weekend, it was pretty dope. Started with the draft and then the derby, then the game. All-Star Weekend, All-Star Weekend, it was pretty dope. The game was mostly a pitching duel, but had some sweet highlights. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It is me, Michael, and with me, as always, singing some Christmas in July. Woo! Yes, man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? Going. Going. It's going. Right. Wow, both man. Are, I think a little tired, but we're doing all right. A little tired. A <laughs> little tired. I think both of us are tired. It's yeah, it, it's been a it's been a week. <laughs> I you know, with your song, Chris with Christmas, um, definitely a long ways away. It feels it yes. feels good <laughs> because every time I think of Christmas, I think of cozy, I think of yes. everything. And I know, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned tired. I know you're tired. You're yeah. still kind of getting over being sick. Yep. And yep. I just got back from, literally just got back from traveling, <laughs> uh, shooting my art doc, my documentary. And I tell you what, man, it's, <clears throat> it's crazy for both of us right now. And so everybody who's listening, you're probably going to get this episode kind of late. We apologize. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You know, but it is what it is. But yeah, Steve yeah. and I are exhausted. So that's the show, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Have a good night. Deuces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. National League won the All-Star game. Deuces. Yep. Deuces. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right. Oh, man. That'd be, that'd be something else. Oh, my <laughs> but, God. Yeah. But no, it was uh, it was fun. We uh, capped off. We had great All-Star game, home run derby. And then we kicked things off with the draft. It was draft on Sunday. It feels like it was yeah. a lifetime away now, but it was only I just love- on Sunday. Yeah, well, I love it. I mean, well, it's uh, they broke it up into three days, right? So mm-hmm. I think it started. Uh, it started with the uh, the futures game. I think was what. Uh, that's exactly that sat- right. Was that Saturday, yes, something like yes. that. Yeah, and then, then it was Sunday was the, the draft. draft. Monday Derby, Tuesday All Star. And during those days, the draft was still going. But yeah, uh, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> but it was more or less. You know, uh, rounds three through seven, seven yeah. through 15, 15 uh, yeah, through, you know, exactly. Uh, and it was really interesting. But I want to say, I would say out of all the all-star weekends in sports, I would say right now at Major League Baseball probably has the best all-star oh, weekend, right? Just because I, I the draft, which is whoever made that rule was a genius uh, mm-hmm. the draft or the futures game, the draft. Home run derby, and then you have the all star game to, <laughs> yeah. to round it out. I yep. think that's pure genius. Yep. Uh, can't forget the red carpet show prior to the all star game. I think that was like in the afternoon where uh, where Shohei Otani's interpreter looked like something straight out of Miami Vice. I yeah. didn't see it, but I remember you. I think you <laughs> I was snapping picture. pictures and sending them to you. <laughs> yeah. There's a few things of the red carpet that I always enjoy the last couple of years since it's a thing. And mm-hmm. one is. Freddie Freeman's wife is just spectacularly oh, yeah. gorgeous. She's just she, a beautiful woman. She was on point again this year, too. Oh, I just an hourly <laughs> glass figure. Just a beautiful yeah. woman. And I always like seeing what Shohei Otani's interpreter is going to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. He's got, he, what was it that you said? Well, he even has the same haircut. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same haircut, but it's a little more style. It's a little, it's a little longer. Like he has like kind of a Beatles haircut, it looks like. It totally you know? does. Yeah. 
And then you yeah. said he was rocking the Miami Vice outfit. He was. Which... He had like the, the T-shirt or whatever with the blazer over it. Man, it was similar because Sh- uh, Shohei Otani, actually, they kind of flip-flopped. Yeah. Shohei Otani had that same outfit last year, but yeah. his interpreter wore a, a, a suit and tie. And then this year, Otani had the suit and tie, and his interpreter had like the Miami Vice outfit. <laughs> from the picture I seen and from uh, Googling a little bit, it seems like Otani... It really isn't one of those that's like a he's not like a flashy dresser. No, I, I always in my mind, I always picture his interpreter being the crazy side of Otani. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Has his alter ego. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that guy needs a fucking documentary about him. He really does. Man. Just, oh, man. God, it's it lives the life. I mean, even, you know, even when it's like game day and stuff, he's got like the angels attire on while he's in the dugout and stuff. Yeah. And- oh, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's beautiful. He, he's, Uh he's living through Otani and Otani is in weird ways living through him. So Uh it's it's a perfect marriage, man. It it really is. uh, Oh man. I I did like seeing some things on the all-star weekend when they were talking about Otani. Mm -hmm. Uh, They, they had a story about Otani of the various ones because he's the, the, the big get now, the big star now, but he, his growing up, which I would assume this was. But it was just hear- nice hearing him say it that his idol was uh, uh, Ichiro Suzuki. Okay, yeah, I thought kinda that figured. was pretty cool, yeah. man. Yeah, we yeah. kind of figured, but it was kind of cool because he says he kind of not not mimicked his game after him, but basically had the same kind of drive as Ichiro did, mm-hmm. and his his work ethic. He wanted to get the same, and that's what Ichiro uh, kind of told him, and and they yeah. preached that was just basically just work really hard you gotta like yep. love the game yep. which is really uh, it sounds simple but it's it's not 100 percent that simple no no become one with the game it seemed you know yeah yeah really Very just make much. it num- number one part of yeah like number one part of your life like you look at Ichiro now i think he yeah. could still play <laughs> i totally agree bro I, he's an I unbelievable totally shape unbelievable <laughs> shape unbelievable athlete i think he represents the game probably one of the best i've ever mm-hmm. seen in the sport and i just he might be grayer but he's just i don't know i just love what every time i see him on mm-hmm. tv i'd love to meet him real in in life oh yeah but every time i see him it's just i you just are proud that he played in major league baseball mm-hmm. it's like oh man that guy used to play in our league you know yep. Yep. so i just fucking love it but hey, looking at the um the whole weekend, Steve, what was yeah. your favorite part of the weekend? Man. Or the whole all-star strike? Probably, probably home run derby. I, I, I watched, yeah. I watched the whole thing. I, I, I enjoyed that. I liked, you know, seeing, you know, even though he didn't do too well, seeing Mookie Betts and home run derby, you know, I think yeah. he, he pretty much, he, he even said it beforehand. He's like, I know I'm not going to win, but it's just something to cross off his bucket list to do. And, to you know, everyone took timeouts, but just to see him not take a timeout yes, through his whole thing, just to say I, I don't I don't need a breather. I mean, I'm not going to hit as many home runs as Vlad, but I'm I'm going to show that I'm just going to go the full three minutes without uh without without taking a breather. And then when he had the time between his bonus time and he's talking to JD Martinez and JD Martinez trying to give him tips, like you just need to pull it, just get it right in the left, just try yeah. and pull it into that short, you know, that porch. There. He's like, I don't know how. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, he did say that. He goes, yeah. I don't know how to do that. Okay. <laughs> but just, yeah, just just watching that and watching the, you know, I know it was only one round, but uh uh Julio Rodriguez, that that first round that he had where he just put on a show there. 40? I just think he got he got gassed, gassed by the next round. But yeah. um that and then watching uh 
uh, Pete Alonso, uh, you know, his, he, he didn't have his usual pitcher and just watching his, his, his guy that was throwing to him, like painting the corners and that guy was fucking hilarious. But the cool thing about Pete Alonso, I don't know if you heard about this. He autographed all of his balls that he was going to use so that every time he hit a home run, someone got a souvenir with an autograph on it. Yo, that is fucking awesome. Yeah. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. That is, bro, that is amazing. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, you know, I, I totally agree for everything you said. I think that was about my favorite part was it was going to be the draft. Until yeah, yeah. The until Tigers, the Tigers picked. Exactly. And <laughs> my day quickly. Tra- I, I had a bad rest of the day. I was so mad. I, I, could, I could tell with, with our text exchanges that oh, you were still a uh, little, little, little peeved by the Tiger direction there. Brother, I was. I even woke up the next morning mad. I'm still I was, mad. <laughs> I, remember, I, remember I told you I slapped my face to see if it was yeah. I was dreaming. I was like, nope, this Not, is actually happening. Nope. nope uh, it's, still, it's still happening. Yeah, because everyone and their mother thought it was going to be Wyatt Langford for the uh, the Tigers right there. Paul Skeens and Paul Skeens gained some draft, uh, some draft stock end, yeah. push near the end. And uh, my mock draft, I had him just because I everybody knew he would sign for less than Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz wanted to go over slot value, mm-hmm. and in Pittsburgh being as cheap as they are, yeah. probably just like Detroit, uh, yeah, exactly. he knew that they wouldn't go Dylan Cruz. So I was uh, really excited that they took Paul Skeens because this is a star of the future. I mean, he would definitely be one of my winners. Yeah. Uh, nope. Him, nope. LSU was winning, winning in general. I mean, right. they, they actually had a really good draft. Some guys went higher than I thought, but LSU baseball is definitely a winner. Yeah. You have Paul Skeens going number one, Drew, uh, Dylan Cruz going number two to Washington, and they finally get a star that they've so much mm-hmm. missed since mm-hmm. Bryce Harper left. Yep, and yep. later on in the draft, I think with I think he had Ty Floyd going number thirty eight to the Reds. That was a really good pick. I think he's a little overrated, but that's neither here nor there. And then <laughs> later on, they followed that up with right hander Grant Taylor with the number fifty one pick. That was the White Sox. And in the Man. top one hundred picks, first baseman Trey Morgan got drafted number eighty eight to the Rays. So they have what, four picks in the top. Four picks. Well, we'll see. It's one, two, three, four, five, five picks in the top 100. That's really good. That's a hell of a team. You can so, see why they, they won the national championship. But yeah, yeah, right, bro. And I love seeing that. <laughs> that was kind of, it was really cool to see. Uh, they would definitely be a winner. Uh, and then, yeah, it was just kind of crazy, man. So then number three pick came, right? And you and I, we were, I think you we were, were watching we for yep. that pick. I was yep. watching for the draft, but obviously that pick was the most important. Detroit's on the clock number three. I mean, Wyatt Langford basically fell into our lap because mm-hmm. the way I looked at it, if if Pittsburgh went Cruz, Washington would go Paul Skeens no matter what. They were just right. waiting. Whatever LSU player dropped to them, they were going to take. Yep. And then there were some mocks, which I was getting excited about, that were going Wyatt Langford one. Yeah. And then it would go Paul Skeens because, and then, get Cruz. And then yeah. we get Cruz. And I was like, oh my God, don't play with me like that. So yeah. I thought, and even in my mock, I put Wyatt Langford number three. This guy was going to fly through the minors. By next year, we could potentially have Wyatt Langford on our team. Yep. Yep. And out of the blue, they took Max Clark, Steve, outfielder out of Indiana. Out of Indiana. Yeah. They don't play it's all a year hot, round. Hot bet. Yeah. Hot bed for baseball right there oh. in the Midwest, right? Yeah. A lefty. <laughs> power hitter but he he profiles so much of like parker meadows to me uh-huh. uh maybe he's a little he's definitely more athletic but it's just it's so risky pick, picking a, a high school player in the top 10 in my opinion especially if they're in a pitcher general, yeah the no, fact yeah. that we did this 
And then White Langford, Texas probably shit themselves. They're like, yeah. what? Uh, oh, we yeah. were because they were going to take Max Clark if we, if you know, yep. because they just knew. But they're not in any rush, right? Because they're already no, winning. They're, they're already exactly. They they can take on a project. Yeah, yeah, and then and and we had Wyatt Langford for the taking. Then nice. We're talking about a guy who was just a Mike Trout esque player, not as fast. He'd probably been a yep. left fielder, but man, can he hit the ball? And that's what we needed. Mm-hmm. We needed college bats that could provide right away. And then we mm-hmm. took Max Clark. I was looking right at my dad in the eyes. And I was just like, and and I had it on the radio at the time, or I'm sorry, I had the broadcast on my phone because he was he was grilling, mm-hmm. and we were just talking outside, and I had it on my phone, and I'm like, here it goes, Dad. And he was like, you know, what the blah blah blah, the Tigers select the third pick, you know, the Tigers select. Nice. I'm like, here we go, White Lakeford, Max Clark. I about my dad and I both mouths dropped open at the same time and just looked at each other. Dad yeah. Goes, they say Max Clark was, is he a high schooler? I'm like, yeah. High schooler. <laughs> my dad was just, my dad actually walked inside. And oh, I, I mean, it's like, we just looked at each other. We're like, cause we were both talking when they picked Jackson Job. What was it last year? Yeah, it was uh, two, two years, two years ago. Was it two years ago with Jackson Job when we passed up on Marcelo oh. Mayer. And look at Marcelo <laughs> Mayer now. And I know yeah. he was, uh, you know, it's just, oh, anyways, we need to college bats. Didn't fucking happen. Long story short, me and Steve are pissed off. Yeah. And uh, this is, Obviously apparent that two things. One, they didn't want to pay Wyatt Langford slot money. So they feel like falls they on could, ownership right there. Exactly. They figure they can get Max Clark for cheap. And two, yep. this proves that they're not ready to win anytime soon. Yep. Yep. So, they're they're, they're separating the Alavila rebuild and this is Scott Harris's own rebuild separately. So it's like yeah, he bro. pressed the reset button right there. And and you know, yeah. So he's he's taking his time. Yeah, bro. And, uh, yeah, and everybody, well, they followed it up with more bats. I'm like, yeah, more high school bats. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't our next pick another high school bat? Yeah. M- uh, McLongle or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Professor McGonagall from Harry McGonagal. Potter. I think that's yeah. 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 McGonagall from Harry Potter. That's, yeah. He sounds like a Harry Potter guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another high school guy. And then they basically just smart, did a smarmy pick by taking Max Anderson, yeah. an, an actual college bat. Yep. Who profiles third, like a Chase pick. Utley who's not consistent. Right. Um, bro, I was just mad about the draft. I just <laughs> I people are saying the Tigers are winners in a lot of grades. Yeah. I think they're losers personally. <laughs> I, I, I think Chase Dollander, he got he was a loser because he was a, a Tennessee college arm, one of the best pitchers in the draft, had a rough year. And who is he well rewarded with? The Rockies picking him up. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely think he's a loser. Um yep. I think winners is high school baseball uh, in yeah. general. Steve, I thought yep. this was going to be yep. the year for most for college to take the headlines because I you had, so too. bro, you had good pitchers in and hitters in Wake Forest who had yep. a really good college college World Series run. Obviously, LSU, Florida, constantly pushing out uh, arms and and talent, just uh, a great pool of talent. But yep. and, and if you, my Bach had a lot of a lot of college bats, a lot of college mm-hmm. players. I love Brett Lauder out of Wake Forest. I mean, he went number six to the Reds, which I had him slotted to go to the Rockies, actually. I thought he had to fall mm-hmm. a little bit more. But Steve, I, props <laughs> to high school players, man. Yeah. Again, they just kind yep. of dominate the draft for like the third year in a row. It's just so, I get so nervous with high school players. Me too. You know, because especially high school players from the Midwest. All right. I mean, high school players, if they're from, Texas or Florida where you can play all year. Yeah. I mean, that maybe give the gives them a leg up, but 
there's just so much of an unknown with high school players that is. You know, the, the the level of talent as opposed to a college player. It's just it, there's yeah, it's just too much of a question mark. It is, and you just don't. And just what you said, it's the level of talent because Max Clark, while he was a good hitter, he was going against scrub pitchers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we're going to see him probably in you know probably I don't know if we'll start in Lakeland or if they'll put him in West Michigan or what, and and we'll we'll see what he can actually do. Um, yeah, I would assume Lakeland, or Lakeland. they might just say fuck it. I mean, look what they did. Be- Remember when they had Nick Katana and some of those like, Parker Meadows? They started uh, good old Nick Katana. Yeah, they, they started out in the developmental leagues. Mm-hmm. At least Nick Katana played college ball. I mean, he sucked yeah. in, in developmental leagues, so, <laughs> right. rookie A classes and what have you. So yeah. yeah, if Max Clark, I don't know, man. I'm just really upset about that draft and. Uh, happy for him. And that's not like a, it's not a knock. Yeah, it's not a knock on Max Clark. I mean, he seems like he's saying all the right things. I mean, I'm reading some yeah. of his quotes. He's, he's talented, really excited to know. be here. He's very talented. Yeah. But he's not a person that I wanted to see the Tigers pick right now. No, bro. And you know, he's a good, good mess, Midwest kid. So he mm-hmm. falls in line with the kind of players we want. It's just, right. I would have loved a Max Clark. If he was coming out of college. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Exactly. And, and what do you think, exactly. Steve? And, and I talk, I, I don't know. I know you and I didn't mean to make this about the Tigers right off the bat, but um, do you think at all? And let me know if, if you agree or not. Do you think the Tigers were at all scared about taking a college bat just because the problems that they have with the college players that they rush through the minors with like torque and Riley Green and some of them. Do you think they were? I mean, that could be. And that inflated I, anything. And I thought a little bit about with Wyatt Langford. There's a log jam in the outfield because I think they're expecting people like Parker Meadows and some, you know some you know there could be and Riley Green's already up, um, you know because Wyatt Langford wasn't going to be in the minors long, mm-hmm. and there could be too much of a log jam where where we put him uh, so so quickly because you know obviously they still have hopes of Akil Badu. Like I said, Parker Meadows is coming up. Um, you know, Riley Green's already there. Maybe they wanted to take a younger bat, someone that, you know, can develop a little bit more and then just see where the chips fall the closer he gets to the major league majors, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that that's one thought I had. But yeah, I mean also it could be, you know, Spencer Torkelson, we're not gonna call him a bust yet, but you know, these people that they've rushed through torque. Um yeah yeah exactly casey mize all these college players they've they've rushed up and haven't done well i mean it could you know make them a little bit nervous yeah no i i definitely see that and it's weird that this happens to detroit i mean i was (laughs) blasting up twitter during that draft and people (laughs) were responding well and and kind of agreeing with me because it's just detroit sports there's no rush it's just nope Everybody else, it's funny that they can build their farm teams and there's no rush and to win. Yeah. Or, or there is a rush to win. For instance, I just use the Baltimore Orioles as a perfect example. Yep. I mean, yep. not they're not too far removed from the Manny Machado era where mm-hmm. they were starting over from that point. Okay. They start over pretty much right around the same time as the Tigers. Yeah, bro. And look yeah. at them winning. You know? Yeah. They showed signs yep. of it last year and now look at them. And it's just yep. I don't know. It's they were able to build with their draft picks and score on them but they're also mm-hmm. being able to spend money and kind of build it up the other yep. way too and i don't i don't understand how a team can't do both and it's how come we yep. got to do the oh we got to wait seven years again or five years or because our owner's cheap fuck that's how oh it's just i'm sorry me. i mean I, I really do think that's that that plays a part in it, it has where to be. Our, I mean, our our owner isn't willing to spend some money 
Yeah, the Tigers are about to have what fifty million dollars off the books once yeah. Cabrera uh, is gone yeah. after this year. They're going to have a lot of cap space, so I want to see them make some moves. Not not like just spend to spend, but you know, spend some money wisely to to, to put some talent out here because I'm sick and tired of watching a, a loser every year. Yeah, you know, it's it's get it's getting old pretty fast. Yeah, it just it, it takes your heart rate out of Detroit sports or Detroit baseball. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, you and I, we do watch Tigers baseball, but it's mm-hmm. funny how we can watch other teams now, too, just because it's like, oh, you know, let me watch the Dodgers a little bit more. Let me watch mm-hmm. the Phillies a little bit more. A team that actually knows yep. how to fucking win. And yep. Uh, yep. it's just gets disgusting with Detroit, uh, Detroit Tigers specifically speaking. But um yeah, it's one of those things, yeah. and it's, it's it's like yeah, they have all that. They're gonna have all that money once Miguel's off the books, but it's are they gonna spend? Or are they gonna do what Alavila did, who was spending, but he would just it would be low risk, high reward, the whole exactly where he could just flip the player at the trade deadline, and then it was like oh, because we can go get more more prospects. I love that, but what happens when your prospects don't fucking develop don't. well? Which mm-hmm. what's now look at where we're at. So yep. just sick of it, bro. Just it's, yeah. ugh, it's hard being a Tigers fan. <laughs> it yeah it really it it sure is um, yeah so tigers are big fat fucking losers in the draft yeah, yeah you know, tigers you suck all right you know i'm wearing I'm wearing the tiger shirt right now i'm just gonna rip this shirt right off yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> hulk style but um yeah like i said uh uh the uh the all-star game kind of a pitcher's duel right yeah um uh and and it uh unknown i mean relatively unknown uh elias uh, diaz comes up with that big two-run homer in the eighth uh, it's probably the only winning that the rockies are going to do this year amen uh, that guy taking home the mvp and uh yeah, so you know it was a good old-fashioned baseball game there now the slugfest just good pitching great defense like those two uh catches right off the bat by garcia made That's a catch and right and then a rosarena uh robbed i think freddie freeman and left um just some great, great defense. People, you know, flashing leather because you know a lot of times you think, especially watching NBA All Star, they're not really putting forth the effort. But you're watching, uh, you know, wa- watching the players in the baseball All Star game. You know, they were diving, doing you know, all sorts of stuff. So it was, it was good to watch. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, and like you said, Elias Diaz, he uh, or Elias Diaz. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool because. The Rockies, much like the Tigers, they just needed a representative. And, yeah, that, that's that's who it was. Yeah, and that was just the someone. guy. Was he the best <laughs> player? No, no, but it's cool that he had his moment in the sun. And what I and this is what I like about baseball. I don't. Well, I, what I and this is what I don't like too. I don't because remember last week you and I we were talked about like, our representatives, right? It should if they yeah. suck, they shouldn't be in in mm-hmm. the All Star game. But in this case, it actually worked out because. He was actually really appreciative of winning the MVP, and mm-hmm. he was crying. He yeah. was get choked up. It was just a really cool moment for a guy who's like 32, yeah, and he played his first All Star game. I want to say, I think and so. yeah. there's something he could tell his kids about, and his kids' yep. kids. And I, I just thought that was really cool. The home run derby, real quick. I thought that was cool. Your guy ended up winning, uh, Vlad. Yeah, Vlad. Actually, I, I think yeah. I did. Did I, did I pick Vlad? Uh, well, I believe i thought you did but i'm I could I, be wrong. I, I i feel like i picked uh julio rodriguez did you pick julio i picked yeah. um i don't know who i picked alonso maybe yeah i think i picked who i think i went with the hometown guy like I, I, had a, I had a hometown feeling on it which was good for round one right not, oh, for, not for the rest but yeah good good on vlad um 
uh, hopefully this torpedoes him into the uh, the second half uh, yeah. uh hitting wise but yeah um it yeah. was it was yeah it was fun i uh was not a fan of those all-star jerseys though i'll say that <laughs> yeah i'm glad you bring that up bro they were super ugly they tried to do like a throwback to like the early 2000s i think the hats mm-hmm. were really cool i like kind of i the, like yes how yes. their logo was really cool it was within the colors of the scheme that they picked those goddamn jerseys were ugly as shit dude oh my god mm-hmm. it looked mm-hmm. like batting practice jerseys or something I, yeah. they looked weird yeah it was it was yeah those go back to wearing your usual uh jerseys like your your team jerseys not not these uh yeah they're, please they're they're ugly all right just don't don't do that again yeah um uh, yeah what what did you think of the uh the the, the interviews and in, during the game did, did you like, didn't like that didn't like it no. i do like when i can't remember they had mookie at one M- time mookie talking with freddie freeman that was fun that was cool <laughs> Yeah. I, I like I like those kind of conversations. Yeah, I liked when they had Ozzy Elbies. I thought he provided mm-hmm. a remember because uh, Austin Riley had a really good play where he like threw it from his yeah. knees, and yep. he goes, "That's that's what we do in Atlanta." You know, <laughs> I thought that was cool. But the the pitching, talking the to pi- pitchers, yeah, don't sucks. don't talk to pitchers, man. I mean, um, the Josh Hader interview, it just it just sucked. I mean, it was just. I don't know. I'm not saying the they got to perfect that whole thing better. Mm-hmm. And I don't like I remember one year they had David Ortiz interviewing people in the dugout. Oh, yeah. 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 That was annoying, too. <laughs> I understand they want that on field access. Right. 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 I don't know. I just feel like they need to plan it better. One, they need to plan who you're going to talk to. And maybe yep. it should be people that actually want the camera on them. And mm-hmm. like I thought Mookie was really it was a really fun interview. Right. Yep. And yeah. They need more people like that if they're going to do that route. But I think pitchers should be off limits unless you get a really crazy, you know, the next Mark Fidrich kind of pitcher who it's like, man, I want to hear this guy talk, you know, Mm -hmm. but it it just comes up dry most of the time because the pitcher is so focused. And plus, that's kind of dangerous, too, because what happens if the pitcher hits the fucking batter? Yep, right. Yep. I mean, it's like, well, his his head's not fully in it because he got two assholes he, up in the booth yep, talking to him. Talking to him. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's pretty dangerous. So. Uh huh. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a, yeah. It's a little little freaky. Just I'd say lay off the pitchers. I yeah. like you know they talk they talked to Juan Soto. That was kind of fun because yep. Juan Soto kept getting the ball hit to him though. So then you'd hear him like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, t- trying to like make his plays and shit, and they're still trying to fucking interview. Him. They talked to Julio, and he I, he was surprisingly really good at English. Yeah, uh, better yep. than I thought he was. It was still kind of funny hearing him talk, but he uh, he's a lot better at, in English than I thought mm-hmm. he was. Uh, so and that's cool. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good point, a lot of good high points. National League won, which is the first time in a yeah. long time, like since 2012, I think. Yeah. I think so. I mean, yep. American League just run the gamut on that shit. So mm-hmm. that was all mm-hmm. in all a good weekend for sports, good weekend for baseball. I look forward to this. I know you do every season. I do too, yep. because it's just uh, going back to what I said at the start of the show. I think it has the best All Star game in all of sports. Yep. So, yep, I completely agree. And they got to keep going. So in, in yeah. saying that, Steve, yeah. I 
you know, I, you and I talk at the, uh, around this time of year. We always talk about <laughs> the second ri- half risers and, and the fallers, yep. the sleepers, and the ones who are going to stay asleep or go yep. to sleep. And there's <laughs> there there's a lot of players out there that I think are going to have better years. Um, mm-hmm. And there's some players we're probably going to pick that. Yeah, they might have made the All Star game, but that was just because they're popular and they did. And right, they have it. That yeah, they have a popular name. All yeah, right. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, Steve, if you want to start us off. Name yeah. your top three okay. players you think are going to have a better second half of the year. Then I'll go after you. Okay. Yeah. So first one I'm going with is a guy. I mean, nowhere to go but up. And I'm going with Trey Turner. Uh, well, no. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm holding. Not just because he's on my fantasy team. I took him first overall. Um, Look but, at Steve's hands. He's praying right now, guys. I, oh, I, t- I to- totally am. <laughs> I'm getting off my chair and getting on. Yeah. I'm kneeling down to pray here. Um, just because he's shown that he can, he can be that guy that, that multifaceted hit for hit for average, hit for power, steal bases. Um, you know, right now he's sitting at 247, but he's been turning it around or turning it around recently. And I think that he's got a, a second half resurgence, especially since the Phillies are playing better here. Uh, they're up to 48 and 41, I believe, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to make division noise, but at least try and get it as a wild card here. But um, I, I think he he has a t- uh, a chance to really turn it around. And second is our uh, our MVP, and I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, he's not, you know he he's not having a, a Paul Goldschmidt like season. I mean, it's not a bad season. He's still hitting, uh, you know, two eighty four. But uh, I mean, he's not, you know, he's only at fifteen home runs. Hasn't quite shown the the power there. Only forty six RBIs. But I think. Uh, no, he he's got he's got in the tank to it to turn it around here and uh, uh, you know make make a push here in the second half and third for me is I'm going to go with the home run derby champion Vladimir uh, Guerrero Jr. Nice. Uh, again, like like Goldschmidt, he's not having a bad season, but he's not having a season that we expect to see out of uh, out, out of Vlad. But hopefully, winning this home run derby will uh, will turn him around. You know, right now he's at. Two two seventy four, but again, like Goldschmidt, the the power isn't you know the power and the RBIs aren't quite. They're only thirteen home runs so far here at the break. Uh, I think you know hopefully winning this derby and uh, continuing to push the Blue Jays are playing better baseball as of late. Um, they've crept into the wild card talks now. Uh, will hopefully elevate his game and he can uh, have a better second half. So those are uh, three players that I'm looking at uh, for for bounce back second halves. How about you, man? Yeah, yeah, all solid picks, man. Uh, yeah. For me. Um, my f- number one is going to be Julio Rodriguez from Seattle. Yes. Uh, this guy loves the limelight, and when he's in the limelight, baseball is just that much better. Kind of like we yeah. were talking with Ichiro, yep. uh, and it was cool when Ichiro played. And he's always had pretty decent seasons, but when he played for Seattle, it's just I don't know. It's just a good outlook on the league. And Julio's mm-hmm. one of those bright young stars who I think is going to succeed. I mean, he has that star quality about him. Now, yep. I mean, he's a good-looking guy. He's he, he he knows how to take center stage. He's one of the best hitters. He's a great competitor. There's really no down parts of his game, but he did have a rough first half. I mean, we're talking 13 home runs, 249, 249, 249 batting average kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not great. Uh, he really wasn't blowing up this, the, the scene in the West, and that's a big reason that the Mar, uh, the Mariners right now sit in third place, right? Yep. And, and, six, yep. and a half, six games out of first, so I look for him to have a better second half. I think he's going to turn it around. I mean, this guy, he he knows that he can hit for average and he hits for power. And I'm going to, I expect both of those 
categories to rise. Slugging mm-hmm. percentage will go up, his on-base percentage will go up, and we're going to see him get up a little bit more, which in turn will turn the team around. I don't think you're going to save Scott Cervais' job at the end of the year, at the end of the year, especially if you miss the wild card. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just expect Julio, though, to really take the reins of this team. Um, my next one is a guy I just want so badly to do better, and that's Alex Bregman. I mean, mm-hmm. speaking of LSU, former LSU alums, Alex Bregman has kind of just dropped off the last couple of years. Yeah. It's just having a really tough time at it. I mean, he's just not a consistent hitter. He's hitting 240 this year with 12 ribbies. Or I'm sorry, 12 home runs and 56 RBIs. He knows how to drive in runs, which is really mm-hmm. good. And his total bases aren't all that bad, right? I mean, this is a guy that can easily get on base and 134 total bases isn't bad. But I, I, I think. He just there's potential to do better, and especially with the surging Astros team right now that out of their last 10 games, they went six and four before the midway point. And now they're about two games back of the Rangers. And like you and I have said, and I've said earlier, I I really harped on that. Never count the Astros out. The Astros are going to move in and with Altuve coming back in the lineup that adds a lot to their to their lineup, but you need somebody like Alex Bregman. Bregman was always not just an immaculate glove, but he's just a great player. And I think they need him to return to that status. So he gets my number two for rising player. Number three for me, and this is kind of going on on the limb, but it's Bryce Harper. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, he was actually having an okay season uh, in, in the 200 at bat, 210 at bats he had, which is roughly, I think around like 55, 56 games or whatever. But in those fifth, in those short amount of games, he hit okay. Like you know, he's hitting two ninety, but the home runs are just not there. It seems like the home run ball is a massive problem in Philadelphia because mm-hmm. nobody can, nobody's really going deep. It's like when Reese Hoskins went down, yeah. all their hopes for power went out the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have Gene Segura anymore, and he kind of could provide some late season spark. So it's going to be interesting to see what Bryce does. He can still get on base. I mean, we're it's kind of interesting that we're seeing him not only take pitches more, but he's walking more now. He's also getting hits. He's like hitting to get on base, but there's just no home run power there. So I basically put him on my rising player for the second half, Steve, just because Mm -hmm. he's entering the second half healthy. He's entering the second half predominantly playing DH, even though there's been talks of him moving to first base, which I think is a massive mistake because you're losing a quality outfielder because I, if he's not going to play DH, he's still a quality outfielder. Mm -hmm. But um, with him, playing this season and not opting for surgery and being out and all that, or for him not going through the whole, I'm going to wait a, you know, a year with the surgery and what have you. I think he, him contributing as a hitter is much more important. So, um, but you're going to see, I, I'd like to see his stats go up more. He's not bringing a lot of runs. And uh, I, I really do think uh, he's going to have a better second half. I like it. I like it. Those are yeah. three solid picks. Um, should we talk about rising teams? Yes, Steve. There's yeah. so let's. What do you think? Let's each pick a team that we think is on the uprise for the second half yeah. of the season. Dude, go first, man. Who do you got? Okay. Uh, you know, still holding out hope for my World Series pick. They've gotten uh, hot a little bit recently, yeah. but they're still under 500. It's the San Diego Padres. I just think they have too much. They have too much talent here to be in the position where they're at. Um, you know, like I said, they've started. Uh, you know, they started doing well uh, in, into July here. They've had a, a hot start to the month before the break, and hopefully that continues here in the second half and they can make a push. Um, I mean, right now they're still you know, only eight and a half games out of first, but they've got to leapfrog a lot of teams to get there. So 
I think their their path to the playoffs most likely is going to be through the wild card. But I I, I like that they're starting to gel. I think they they're going to start putting it together. So San Diego Padres are a team that uh, I'm looking at for a, a hot second half. Yeah. Yeah. What you got for your second one. My second one. I'm going to go with the Toronto Blue Jays, who I talked about earlier. They are now into. Uh, Wild card talks. They've leapfrogged the Yankees uh, for for the wild card for that uh, third third wild card spot. Seven games out of first here, uh, so there's still chance for the division. But finally, they're starting to play a little bit like uh, the team we predicted uh, earlier here in the season. They're at 15 41. Um, definitely making a, a strong push. And like I said, if Vlad can uh, can start getting some power back in that bat, uh, you know, look out for this team. So Toronto is uh, the second team that I'm looking at to uh, have a strong second half. Uh, how about yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Let's hope Toronto does. I'd like to see them yeah. in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, for mm-hmm. me, Steve, uh, my two rising teams that are poised for better second halves is one is the Mariners. Okay, Scott Cervais is they. He wants to keep his job, right? And yep. Yep. you have a lineup right now that's not all that bad. I mean, the fact that they're not winning really surprises me, especially when they're having such strong pitching performances. George Kirby, Luis Castillo, yeah. they're having like really career years. So I'm I'm kind of surprised about this. I mean. Yeah, Julio, I think it all is going to change when Julio starts hitting. I mean, Julio yep. starts hitting. Jared Kalenic, I mean, he's doing the best he can as well, but he's been in this weird slump where I just, I don't know. Maybe he's just not the player we all thought. That's where the scary development comes in, mm-hmm. right? Drafting a high schooler and things like yep. that. It's just, oh, you just don't know what you're always going to get, what they're going to turn into. But let's make no mistake, this team is talented. I mean, Cal right. Raleigh catching, I mean, and Henio Suarez, third base, JP Crawford, these guys have all <laughs> done stuff in the past. They have Dylan Moorback, who is a Swiss army knife. I mean, they have guys there. I, I think they need a little more depth, but the, mm-hmm. the problem is they just be, haven't been able to hit. And <clears throat> Ty France is like their best player, which is crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that is crazy. I just, I'm, I think they're poised for a better second half, but it's really going to be hard because this West is kind of up in the air because between the Rangers, Astros, Mariners, and Angels, mm-hmm. someone's going to have to make a move. Early on, about a month ago, I would say, it was really neck and neck, and then the Astros started making their push, and then yep. now the Rangers are kind of sweating it out. But <laughs> I wouldn't cut out the Angels either, but we all know what the angels do. So it is what it is, but yeah, I'm yeah. just looking at, I'm looking at Seattle to have a better, better second okay. half dude. Now rising team number two, I'm going to do the same thing as you. You had your world series pick in San Diego. I'm having my world series pick in okay. St. Louis. Like I said last week, I'm still just disappointed in them, and I'm just yep. going to make this short and sweet. I just being last place in the central 38 and 52 <laughs> is not good enough. You were five and nope. five in your last 10 before the break. And I've been hearing reports that they might dangle out Paul Goldschmidt as trade bait. I think that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you committed to to this team, and I, I I think under with Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt leading them, I think that's who you build around. I think you Agreed. have great pieces, but you got to figure it out. Your course probably going to be sellers at the deadline. That makes a lot of sense, but be smart in selling. Don't give up on this because I don't think they're quite ready for a rebuild. So, Steve, that is my second half team that I think you know that's going to rise now kind of switching topics a little bit mm-hmm. um let's kind of do the the bizarro the total opposite here <laughs> okay. uh, who are two players that you think are going to be kind of have a downside I mean they started out hot now they're maybe they made an all-star team maybe they didn't but who are your two players that you think are going to cool off a little bit coming into the second half uh, I'm going to go with with my first one is uh Wander Franco oh, yeah. and uh just because I keep waiting for the bottom to drop out on him. He's having a great season. 
uh, you know, 20, almost 30 stolen bases, hitting close to 300. But I'm waiting. I honestly, I'm waiting for 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 the injury to happen again. It's always like that that what if because he had an injury shortened season last year. Injuries have always been a thing for him. Um, I'm just I'm waiting for that that bottom to drop out uh, uh, for him. So Wander Branco is uh, is first on my list, and second is is kind of a shocker. It's the the Cy Young uh, contender here, uh, front runner, and our All Star starter, Garrett Cole. Yeah, I know, right, wow. Garrett Cole. Um, wow. He's he's having a fantastic year. But as as I'll talk about later here, the, the Yankees are just stuck stuck in neutral here, and I I, I feel like uh, things are going to unravel real quickly here in New York, and I think he's going to be one of those uh, those people. So, uh, uh, Garrett Cole, he he's a uh, in a bizarro world. He's second uh, on my list here of uh, of clunky second half. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely a surprise. Definitely makes sense uh, because I I I. I I don't think Wander Franco has showed us enough yet to really believe that he's going to be a second half guy. So no, no, um, put it all together. He hasn't, he has not uh, put together that, that full season yet. So, yeah. And actually um, one of my guys is kind of in the same way, but my first falling player is Mike Trout and he's not the same yeah. obviously as Wander, nope. but, but it's, I, I don't know, Steve, are we seeing kind of the end of Mike Trout's dominance? Uh, Isn't he out now again? Another like two he's months. He's out. He is, broke, yeah. he broke a bone in his hand. Uh, I can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy now. And we're just, and it's not just one kind of injury that's nagging. No, it's, like it's all a, over the board. It's all over the board. And maybe, I mean, I get it. He's 30, 31 ish. Now I, I get it. Once you hit, I want you out of your twenties. It all starts kind of not falling apart, but it's just, you're not built like a brick shit house. Like you mm-hmm. were before in your twenties right. and this guy and not to down Mike Trout. I mean, he was going to be an all-star if he mm-hmm. handed, if he didn't break a bone in his hand, 80 hits, 18 <clears throat> home runs, not bad on pace to be 36, 40 home runs. Not totally, not a bad year, but that average man, we're used to seeing Mike Trout as yep. a 300 hitter, but in the last few seasons, He's not ended as a 300 hitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now his career is 301 and dropping. And yeah. I, he, he, 44 ribbies he brought in. I mean, that's, that's it. We're not wow. used to that. Mike Trout's usually like 60, 70 by now. Mm-hmm. So his on base percentage isn't amazing. Not, not horrible, but it's just, it's not the same Mike Trout, man. And 304 at bats that he's taken this year, he is just not completely getting on base all the time. I mean, yeah. I just, I don't like what I'm seeing here. He's usually leading the league in some kind of category. But he's not this year. I mean, we're having a 31 year old who's kind of have we're maybe seeing the reality, the human side of him, which is really sad. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, if with him being on the IL, it, it really doesn't help. Doesn't help Los Angeles chances of doing anything moving forward. No. And obviously that's going to make Otani want to move on. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's just really sad to see. And it's it's the injuries. I mean, remember when in the world baseball classic, Otani struck him out. Maybe that was the beginning of the end. Maybe it goes yeah. back farther, Steve. Maybe it was the back injury he had, mm-hmm. you know, or the bicep was injury be career or, ending. We thought with that back injury. Yeah. You know? Yeah, bro. So, man. um, I think he's a and fallen he's, player, you know? Yeah. I mean, and he's in a contract that no one's going to want to absorb or, or no. take on. So he's pretty, he's an angel. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's no getting out of that. Yeah. Nobody's going to want that if he's not healthy. Right. Yep. It's, mm-hmm. That's a really hard one to get out of. And he would be stupid to try to get out of that contract. Right. So, so there, you know, I, I think he's going to fall. And obviously that's low hanging fruit because he's starting the second half injured. But it's just right. I don't think he's going to end the year really good. So a second one is kind of one kind of similar to Steve in 
in terms of not the same style of player, but just the same kind of performance, I feel, because they haven't shown anything. And that's Ozzy Elbies. Mm-hmm. I think Ozzy Elbies is a prime player to start f- dropping off because I've never really seen good second halves from Ozzy Elbies. Yeah. If he's yep. if he's if he's healthy in there, he could play, but his his average just drops a lot. I mean, I just, I mean, even in his last five games, I mean, he's maybe he's hit in his last game before the All Star break, he had two hits. That was some sign of life. But before that, he's over in a lot of games. You know, yeah. one hit here, one hit here, but he's not really driving any runs. He had in the last five games, he had before All Star break, he had zero RBIs. So he's not been a really big run producer. And that I know that's not like a heavy part of his game, but. For 63 ribbies that he had at the beginning, uh, at the first half of this year, that kind of is in line with uh, the better players of the league. So, mm-hmm. but it, he's kind of primed to go down. I'm just seeing a steady decrease in his game. And the fact that he's never really a player who can stay healthy all the time, I just, I think he's primed to kind of, and he's, you know, he's hot, he's hot right now, 90 hits, yeah. you know, uh, but yeah. in my opinion, Steve, I think he's primed to, to kind of cool off a drop bit. off just because that's what we're kind of used to seeing from him. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he is my second fallen player. Steve, you got two teams that you feel <laughs> kind of the opposite of the rising teams. Do you have two teams that you feel are just going to drop off in the second? Yeah. Half? Yeah. So but my first one's going to be kind of a, a shocker and that's the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they've lost seven of their last 10 games uh, coming into the break. Um Atlanta's eclipsed them now for the best record in baseball. Uh, Tampa Bay was the first uh, first team to 50 wins, but since then they haven't you know done much. And Baltimore keeps closing the gap, and they're two games. Uh, Baltimore's now two games out of first. Uh, so that that hot start for Tampa Bay uh, might might go for not. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but I'm saying you know they might fall into a wild card, or they can just keep you know free falling if they keep losing like this. So that's one team that I'm looking at that could. Uh, potentially uh, have a uh, a bad second half here. And the second is uh, is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, they've been you know one of the darlings of the first half here. Uh, enjoyed a comfortable lead in the AL West, but then the Dodgers have come back and now uh, percentage wise they're uh, they're neck and neck here with Arizona. Uh, Arizona um, was definitely a, a big surprise, um, and I, I just think their their youth is going to show here in the second half as they try to make a pennant push here, and I just don't think that they uh, they quite have the experience to to finish it out here. So I, I see Arizona kind of fading back here in the second half. So those are uh, two teams that I uh, I see kind of uh, falling here in the uh, the second half. So uh, which two teams are you looking at? Yeah, Steve, makes sense, man. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. Arizona's so hot; they're mm-hmm. it's kind of destined just to kind of cool off a little bit. So that makes yep. makes a lot of sense. Um, for my number one fallen team is, I mean, low hanging fruit again is Texas Rangers. I mean, (laughs) well, trust me, everybody who's listening, they're probably like, man, this guy fucking hates the Texas Rangers. (laughs) I don't hate the Texas Rangers. He does not hate the Rangers. (laughs) Um, Bruce Bochy is a big part of why they're winning. And I think he puts together stud lineups, man. This guy is the master at putting together lineups. And, uh, but out of everybody on that team, their best hitter has been Corey Seager, and he has yeah. played only in 59 games, mm-hmm. right? So he, he's hitting 353 for as a batting average mm-hmm. in 59 games, which is pretty good, right? Yeah. But at the same time, nobody else is hitting 300 on that lineup. And mm-hmm. I just think that's, a, to me, that's a sign of gradual decreasing in the game. I think you're getting people like Ezekiel Duran, who's come out of nowhere. I think he's going to provide something, uh, Leody Tavares, but. Jonah Heim, but they played so well in the first half. I, yeah. I, I think you're going to see kind of a cool off, man. I think there's, it's just destined kind of like with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think you're going to see 
a cool off and you're kind of seeing it right in their last 10 games are three and seven. I mean, we're starting to see a cool off there. And while their schedule is not hard and not easy, but I, I just, I, and with the surging, the Astros, and if I want to be real, the Astros are a team that scare me because mm-hmm. I, they're going to keep rising and they're just built to win and they're not going to give up. And I think eventually they're going to overtake the West and, yep. uh, and the Rangers just, they're not ready to, to be go neck and neck all the time. Right. No. So, and I don't, I don't love their depth and I don't, I don't think it's built for the long haul. So I think that's a team that's definitely going to cool off in the first half. And Steve, my second half one is the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Mark my words. When Gabe Kapler starts posting more <laughs> pictures on social media, San Francisco <laughs> Giants start to lose. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he taking pictures oh, man. of food. It's always, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just, it's primed to cool off every time yep. he starts doing that stuff. And, uh, it's, I mean, he's having a good year so far. I think he's doing the best is with what he has. And at yep. 49 and 41 at in third place, um, in the, uh, in the national league West, he's doing the best he can do. He's trying yeah. to vie for that wild card, even though I think between, I think the Marlins might, I think the Marlins mm-hmm. are looking good at getting it. Obviously the diamondbacks or Dodgers is going to be somebody out of the West for sure. Right. Uh, you know, but with the West, it's just kind of funny because <laughs> the Giants, they a couple of years ago, they were winning. Then they had a down season. Now they're kind of winning, but they're they're not playing. They're just above 500 ball. But yeah, I just every time I see Gabe Kapler post more picks, it's <laughs> I just feel like the Giants start not losing. It. yeah, I just feel like the Giants start losing because he gets too big for his britches. And <laughs> uh, their last six, their last 10 games, he's four and six. But uh, I just don't, and I just don't see them. If they had Chris Bryant on the team, I think Chris mm-hmm. Bryant's playing bad because he's just not playing good with the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. But I think if they had a hitter like Chris Bryant on that team, that guy you can count to pro- constantly provide power. Who I think they would have just been a little bit better off. But mm-hmm. um, coming into the second half, but yeah, they're primed for me, um, mostly because Gabe Kapler. <laughs> is <laughs> uh, posting pictures on Instagram <laughs> to to, uh, to have a poise for a cool off coming up here for the second half. Uh, Steve, um, yeah. I'd like to finish out the segment here with a, a hot take, a headline hot take from you and a headline hot take from me. Steve, yeah. what is a big hot take second half headline for you? Give me it. All right. I'm going to go uh, go here and it's uh, Yankees implode and miss the playoffs. Boone and Cashman set fishing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Because right now the Yankees are on the outside looking in in regards to the playoffs. This team has just been, it feels like a neutral the whole year. Aaron Judge has not been healthy. And without Aaron Judge in that lineup, it just seems like something, it just doesn't click. Um, and it nothing just seems to be going right. I mean, it's not a Yankee-like season here. They're sitting at 49 and 42. They're eight games out of first. They're a game out of the last wild card spot. And yeah, so I'm going to go with the Yankees implode and miss the playoffs. And then Hal Steinbrenner finally wakes up and fires Cashman and Boone at the same time. Oh, wow. Hey, I yeah. can see it, man. I can see yeah. it. I mean, how much longer is the Steinbrenner's going mm-hmm. to kind of yeah. deal with this, right? It's been four, so. 14 years since they've won, since they've even been in the World Series, let alone won it, 2009. Wow, you know, it's the Yankees. Yeah, it's the Yankees who are just used to winning, you know. Yeah. So yep. no, it's just oh, a good headline. How about, how about you? Uh just if your prediction <laughs> of a team that's rising comes true, this headline is won't mean it's shit. Nothing. Yeah. But it's taken into effect that they I feel like they're just gonna keep losing. My hot take <laughs> headline is gonna be Juan Soto and Josh Hader two contenders. 
Ooh, okay. Not two, no, not not two contenders. Like, oh, there's two contenders. You yeah. know, like, no, 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 they're going to another team, guys. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> uh, most likely in a trade. Obviously, that's going to come at the trade deadline. I think when it comes to trade deadline, the the San Diego Padres have to figure out what they're going to do with Juan Soto. Just yep. because he signed that one year, what is it, like $23 million contract? Right. So he, and right now the San Diego Padres are 43 and 47. They're six and four in their last 10. And I'm bringing the last 10 because that just kind of gives you a hint at what we could be looking at moving on. But right. the San Diego Padres have kind of been a nightmare uh, this season. So Juan Soto being the all-star that he was, he's one of the best players in baseball. And I think the Padres could get an absolute fucking haul for mm-hmm. Juan Soto. And and we might see something weird, right? I mean, maybe maybe Otani stays with the Angels and San Diego wants to jump in on that market. And the only way they could really do that is get rid of one big contract. Well, that would be yeah. Juan Soto. Right. And but why not do it with but look at this, Steve. Why not do it with um getting uh prospects? You yeah, know, why, why not do it sense. with getting prospects? So get your prospects all lined up and that way you're building up your your farm system and then once the end of the year comes let's you know maybe try to entice otani to not move that far from la so like it. it could happen uh but i really do think if if san diego's out of it they must consider get, unloading some of these big contracts and being a little mm-hmm. bit more realistic because it sucks too because juan soto's and Fernando tatis have been their two best players and yeah. uh, but they're not nobody's gonna want that manny machado contract and i'm not nope. really to get ready to give up on manny machado yet mm-hmm. so but and I hate to give up on Josh Hader, but I feel like a closer is you could find a lot of closers. Oh yeah, yeah. Players. Anyone can stumble into a good closing role. So yeah, bro, exactly. Yeah. So and that's not taking anything from Josh Hader. He's one of right. the best or the best closer in the league. But I just feel like in the grand scheme of things, if I'm pl- paying almost a billion dollars to my goddamn uh, li- uh, roster, mm-hmm. uh, there's the first people I'm going with is who's who's going away with the light bill. It's going to be Josh Hader. He's just <laughs> Yep. He's a four. It's just, yeah, it just makes the most sense. So, yep. uh, yeah, my big headline is Juan Soto and Josh Hader, two contenders. And I think, uh, if they're going to be sellers at the deadline, I think it's imperative that they sell on those two. Like it. I like it. Yes, sir. Yep. Man, that's good. I, lo- I, I always love, uh, getting the crystal ball out and, uh, and taking a look at the, uh, the second half here. I so, do too. uh, with that, shall we uh, head on over to the fancy factory? Let's do it. All right. You got any questions for this week? I do. So the first one is out of Toronto, Ontario, which I Ooh. Well, that's our first Canadian one, but okay. that's um, Jillian McGeevy. I think it's McGeevy. Okay. So okay. she has a question. She goes, Steve, what players who are most likely in the pool right now should I look at picking up on my team for the second half? Pretty basic question. Yeah. Uh, great question. So there are a few players that I would look at, uh, that are most likely available. One is, uh, Aaron Savali of the uh, Cleveland guardians. It's had a bit of a hot streak, uh, this last month or so ERA under three with almost 30 K's in the last month. So he'd be someone uh, to look at, uh, are available in most pools, uh, uh, that, that I've looked at. And second is, uh, a local guy fresh off injury is uh, Riley Green of the Tigers. Uh, he was doing great before his injury. Uh, looks to be healthy and has done well since uh, returning. He's hitting uh, 571, uh, showing his power. I think he's got a home run. Uh, he's also drawing walks. So he's getting on base. That's another one to look at. And lastly, I would say is uh, uh, the ageless wonder here, and that's Joey Votto. Uh, he's older but still producing. Uh, he's on a contending team here. 
Uh, and like a, like Riley Green coming off injury, he hit 444 last week with three home runs and eight RBIs. Um, the Reds, like I said, are contending in their first place in the NL Central, and I think he'll uh, continue to rise to the occasion. So those would be uh, just a few players that I'm looking at that are most likely available in most pools to uh, to try and uh, plug into your team for uh, a strong second half. Yeah, man, it makes sense. I like it. I like the Riley Green one. Yeah, yeah. I think he's you know, as long as he stays healthy, he's, he's the best player on the Tigers team right now, I think. so. Yeah, and he came back pretty fast. Good for him just working mm-hmm. to get back as, yeah. as quick as he did because I know that was yeah. really important for him to come back before all, you know, before or at, at least by All-Star break. But, and exactly. He, and he did it. So that's that just yep. shows the testament to just how hard he's willing to work. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So great question. Absolutely. Well, Steve, yeah. we got a pretty yeah. interesting starter sit this week. Are oh, you ready? Uh, yeah. Let's cue the music. All right. So some fantasy players to start or sit. Uh, Steve, Henry Davis or Elias Diaz, catcher, starter set? Uh, Elias Diaz. Okay. Uh, going with the high hand. I like it. Yeah, uh, yep. Geraldo uh, Perdomo, who's another guy who I believe made the all-star team, and it's mm-hmm. just a bright future with the Diamondbacks. Or Matt Chapman, third base. Matt Chapman. Okay. Perdomo again or Gene Segura, second base? Uh, Perdomo. Okay. Austin Hayes or Jorge Soler? Soler. Austin Hayes again, or Jack Sawinski outfield. Uh, Hayes. Uh, Pete Alonzo or Anthony Rizzo, first base. Rizzo. Uh, LeMayhew. Haven't had a whoa, LeMayhew. Whoa, yeah, whoa. DJ right. LeMayhew or uh, Joey <laughs> Manessis, first base. Uh, Manessis. Okay. Manessis again or Hunter Renfro, first base. Manessis. Brett Batty or Ryan McMahon, third base. McMahon. Jorge Mateo or Javier Baez? Mateo. Javier Baez again or Andres Jimenez? Jimenez. Will Smith or Adley Rushman? Will Smith. Lords Guriel, Guriel or Alex Verdugo? Verdugo. Max Muncie or Jordan Westberg, second base? Uh, Jordan Westberg. Yes, I like that pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Colton Kowser, another Oriole. They called up two wow. of their top prospects. Colton Kowser or... Riley Green, outfield. Riley Green. Garrett Cooper or Spencer Torkelson, first base. Uh, Tork. Okay. James Outman or Rhino, I believe his name, Rhino Hearn, outfield. Yeah. Uh, Rhino Hearn. Uh, Josh Jung or Nolan Arenado, third base. Josh Jung. Josh Jung again or Austin Riley. Josh Jung. And why not? Not just twice. <laughs> let's do it three times. Josh Jung or Alex Bregman. Yeah, let's go for the hat trick. Josh Jung. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and to round it out, Mauricio Dubon or Tim Anderson shortstop? Dubon. Dubon. All right. What would he got for waiver wire? Uh, so here are three people uh, that I'm looking at this week. Uh, if you want to look at for the waiver wire. And uh, first is CJ Abrams for the Washington Nationals. He's up 8% in Yahoo leagues. Uh, hit 368 last week with an RBI, five stolen bases. So he's a big speed threat. If you have a uh, stolen bases as one of your categories, he's definitely a guy to look at. Uh, second is Adbert uh, Al- Alzole, uh, the Cubs. He's up 9% in Yahoo leagues. He had three saves last week with three Ks. Definite closer pickup. Looks like the Cubs are going in that direction for closers. And uh, third is uh, Jaron Duran uh, to Boston uh, Red Sox, up 15% in Yahoo leagues. Uh, hit 467 last week with the Dinger and four RBIs and can steal a bag as well. So uh, those are three people that I'm looking at this week on the waiver wire. Nice. 
Yeah. Shall we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Uh, come one, come all. It's nothing but Orioles here. <laughs> oh, man. I <laughs> uh, got back-to-back <laughs> Orioles for my pick. So up this right. week, uh, and it's just really interesting. Up this week is Gunnar Henderson, rookie for nice. the Baltimore Orioles. He's up $31.06. That's a 197.96% increase market price. Right now, since a staggering $46.75. So if you got his rookie cards or any of his cards, just, yeah, yeah I mean, the price yeah. is up on him. Uh, his 23 top series two, the 88 style, the Mojo Silver mm. rookie card is way up. It's a really good looking card. His 23 tops finest rookie gold car, uh, rookie, uh, gold card, uh, number 100 and his 2019 Bowman. Uh, down this week, I went with another rookie that just got called up for the Baltimore Orioles, Colton Kowser. Ooh, okay. Yeah, down $7.47. That's a negative 51.98% decrease. Market price Ooh. right now is very low on Colton Kowser, but I expect it to rise. But for right now, it's just dropped. Uh, $6.90 is his market price. So go and get your Colton Kowser cards pretty fast yeah. here. 2021 Bowman Chrome Genesis is 22 Bowman Draft and is 21 panini prism draft base now he just came up with the orioles so if he's gonna do good i would start buying now because i mm-hmm. feel like he's gonna do good so yeah i think it'd be a smart move uh up for me this week is uh alex rodriguez actually uh, up 75 dollars and 41 cents or a 357.05 percent increase to a market value of 96 dollars and 53 cents uh, up cards includes 1998 fleer metal universe number 13 and his 2000 Tops Finest features, number 121, it's a dual card with Ken Griffey Jr. and A-Rod. Down for me this week is Juan Soto. Down $9.21, or 34.64% decrease to a market value of $17.38. Down cards includes 2018 Tops Heritage Rookie, number 502. And his 2023 uh, Finest Base, number 94. Mm, Love it. Yeah. So we uh, get the candles out and celebrate a birthday. Hey, let's do it. All right. Uh, happy heavenly birthday to Cleveland Guardians pitching great Stan Kovaleski, born on July the 13th of 1889. Uh, he had a win-loss record of 215 wins, 142 losses with a 2.89 ERA, 981 strikeouts in his career. Uh, started his career with Philadelphia Athletics, spent a bulk of his time with the Cleveland Indians at that time, now Cleveland Guardians. Uh then went to the Washington Senators and rounded out with the New York Yankees in 1928. Career highlights include a World Series championship in 1920, two-time AL ERA leader in 1923 and 1925, an AL strikeout leader in 1920, and he's part of the Cleveland Guardians Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame in 1969 as part of the Veterans Committee. Uh, a little trivia on him was he specialized in throwing the spitball, where the pitcher alters the ball with a foreign substance such as chewing tobacco. It was Legal when his career began, but prohibited starting in 1920. But Kovaleski was one of 17 pitchers that was still permitted to continue throwing the pitch even after it was prohibited. So happy heavenly birthday to Stan Kovaleski. Kovaleski, man, they need to bring back the spitball. At least just right? for, yeah. at least just for <laughs> I don't know, half a season or a month. Yeah, it'd be, be fun cool. just to see what happens. Right? <laughs> it'd be fucking chaos. There'd be so many fights. There'd be so many fights and hit back. Oh, yeah. Be fucking dope. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be awesome, man. Um, oh man. Well, shit, dude. That is a fucking show. Whew, that is it's a good show. Good. Yeah. Show. Crazy, crazy first half of the season. Yeah. Uh, it just some teams we didn't think would be up there. I mean, teams mm-hmm. who would have thought the Orioles and 
the Diamondbacks and Cincinnati. the Rays and Cincinnati would be some of the yep. top teams in the whole league. Yep. just unfucking real but that's the beauty yeah. of the game man so yep it is um, it is that's why we love it that's absolutely right so next week yeah we're back with no all-stars i mean basically we're balls deep in the second half so that's right um, get at it yeah so everybody thanks for listening uh again sorry for this episode's coming a little late but yeah. um put your fucking wine and you got it no <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but in the meantime man mean steve We're going to go rest. We got to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) So we'll catch you all next week. Deuces. Mm -hmm.